You're listening to the City Stories Podcast. My name is Kelsey and I'm here with Monica and we are going to be talking about how God fulfills all our hopes. What are some ways that your understanding of hope has changed throughout the years? Yeah. Um, So a little over a year ago, I became a nurse. I graduated from school and I started working at Cook Children's Hospital and I ended up getting placed in the uh, pediatric ICU, which was like nothing can, nothing in life can prepare you for that. Mm -hmm. And that experience has and continues to probably be the most life-changing thing I've ever gone through and it really challenged my ability to believe that God is good and what that actually means and what we are putting our hope in when as Christians we say that we hope in God. Um, I just couldn't fathom that for the past four years I'd gone to TCU and lived this really comfortable life and less than a mile away there were children that were dying and Mm -hmm. suffering from cancer and there is physical and sexual abuse and just the most heartbreaking things that can happen in this world and it's happening to children and it's it's nothing you can prepare yourself for Mm -hmm. and I think I was just it really revealed that wow I'm I've been hoping in things that are so close to sounding like hoping in God but I've actually been hoping in this life and um to like walk through a nine-year-old boy in his last days dying from cancer and um seeing his mom at the bedside praying Mm. earnestly to God to save him and and then him dying and it it just like what what are we hoping in like Mm -hmm. are we hoping in a God that can save yes but what if, what when, what happens when he doesn't save in the way that we want him to save? And that experience just tore my heart out in a million mm-hmm. pieces. And I'm it was I truly understand what it means to despair. I for a, probably two to three months I would just come home and I couldn't even come inside. I just sit outside in my car mm-hmm. and sob and and cry out to the Lord like Where are you? And mm-hmm. do you care? Um, and, but even the crazy thing is, even as I was crying out to God, I never doubted him. I, it was more just like, show me because Mm -hmm. I, I truly believe you're good. And, and I've experienced that in my life in such a rich and deep way that goes far beyond just our life circumstances. And so show me your goodness in this because I don't see it at all. And, um, yeah, that was challenging. And I think I've just realized this is a huge thing. But uh, during this whole past year, a passage that has just been on my heart really over and over is just the Israelites uh, crossing through the Red Sea and that picture of deliverance and hope and trust and faith in God. And I think for the longest time, I was begging God for his delivering grace. I wanted deliverance from suffering and from 
bodily death mm-hmm. and trusting God is able to do that. And even in my past year and a half, I've seen miracles and I know our God is mighty to save in that way, but he saves in such a greater way. And, and so there's his, so this is like a, a huge thought and idea that the Lord has just been impressing on me, but there's delivering grace, which he, he delivers us from our trials and our circumstances and he's good. And because of that, we can praise him, but there's this other grace that is a lot less comfortable, but it's so much more intimate and it's Mm -hmm. God's sustaining grace. And Mm -hmm. it looks like walking through the trial for what seems like an unending amount of time. And it, it's un, it's relentless, but even though he's not going to deliver you from that trial, he's going to sustain you through it. He's going to preserve your faith. And he, even when it feels like it, like I, your faith is nothing, he's holding you. And when your heart is just broken and beyond description, beyond words, he's holding it. And And I think I used to think grief was something to get over. And I've Mm -hmm. realized like I'm going to be in this field for a long time and there's grieving every day. Like you can't go to work and not have your heart just cry out that this isn't how it's supposed to be. But in that grieving, the Lord is just holding your heart and, and that he's a, he's a suffering God, like Jesus Christ. There's no, no pain on this earth that he's not acquainted with Mm -hmm. and he goes before us both in life in suffering in death and in resurrection and we can know intimately our suffering savior through our own trials so have have there been any um specific instances that you found in scripture or that jesus talked about about um that have pointed you towards hope about Mm -hmm. just that sustaining grace yeah, um, there's probably two, and I love them both, and I just keep coming back to them and just meditating on the profound truth in it. The one is Exodus 2, 23 through 24. Uh, it reads, And the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help, and their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant, and God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. Mm. And I love that because... We serve a God who hears and remembers and sees and knows. Mm-hmm. And and that knows is probably what is like the most profound mystery to me because like what does that mean? And God knows. And I I really wanted to find out like what what does that actually mean? And so in the Blue Letter Bible, you can look up what the actual Hebrew word is and where else it's used. And that know is the word yada. And there's actually eight different kinds of know. But that specific one means to know by experience. Mm -hmm. And that to me was just so beautiful because in our suffering and our slavery and our crying out for help, God knows in such an intimate way, both because he created us and he knows everything. But Jesus goes before us in suffering and he Mm -hmm. truly knows what the cruelties of this world. Mm -hmm. And he conquers that. Even the darkness is not dark to him. Um, So that was one. And... The other is First Peter one thirteen, and it says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that my whole life, that verse, 
and even at different seasons when I struggled with hope, that would be a verse I would go to. And I think it was, wasn't until this past year that, that, that part where it says with minds that are fully alert and sober, what it, what it really means, because I, I honestly felt like I, I wasn't, I was kind of naive to the suffering in this world and I would always be in the news or a distant family member. And like, I cognizantly knew that it existed, but I hadn't experienced it. I didn't know, um, personally and up close and, but it, it's just really profound to think that it doesn't only say that we can hope when we're fully alert, when we're fully aware, when like there's a point in your life that most people have where it's like pre deep suffering and post deep suffering. And you'll, you'll never be the same after that moment or that season or that trial. And, and not only can we hope and it says that we can, but it's almost as if like that produces true hope, like to hope in ignorance or to hope blindly thinking that this world is actually a really comfortable place. That's, we're not hope we're not we aren't we aren't we're not aware of what we're actually hoping for but mm-hmm. in the midst of the trials when when everything that you could put your hope in is just completely stripped away and reveals that no you can't hope in this hope in God hope in Jesus's second coming and in his grace and so it's not so in that way our suffering and our trials it's not a a barrier to hope it's the gateway to hope and mm-hmm. we know hope through that and our hope that can persist is so much richer and deeper and true we we can hope in a living god um uh man probably the most one of the most impactful experiences as a nurse today was also one of the hardest and it was like a little nine-year-old boy and i had him like three days in a row and he ended up passing away a couple days after I had him from cancer and it had been a year long Mm. suffering and those last days I mean cancer is man it's just it's suffering and I walked into his room one day and he's really frail and his breaths are labored and he's weak and he has his six-year-old brother nestled under his arm and as I'm like just fidgeting and getting his medications ready I I hear that he's reading to him from scripture Mm. and he has his bible open to psalm 23 and he's reading even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me and like what (laughs) he's nine years old yeah like profound like that is God's sustaining grace Mm. that one, like that the Lord has revealed himself already to this mm-hmm. young boy, that he's empowered him and saying, like, death has no no hold on me and it has no hold on you um, because my life is now your life. And um, mm-hmm. and there's truly nothing to fear. Anything that this world would convince you to be f- fearful of the worst, those worst case scenarios that you run through. What if this happens when you're standing on your wedding day and you're like, what if what if my life consists of this and I see these families at the bedside and I'm just thinking like, this is the for worse that, that we speak of and no one would dare hope for when you're standing and making vows to stand with someone through it it all. And these families never could have guessed they'd find themselves in these circumstances, but here they are. And the same God that holds the marriage covenant, uh, through and 
he's holding your faith and he's holding you. And like that is profound and a mysterious hope. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't wish these trials on anyone, but you know the Lord in ways that you never would have if you Mm -hmm. walk through these trials faithfully and allow the Lord to be the God of all comfort and your God of all hope. Mm -hmm.